Welcome to Drinking Bros Sports, brought to you by KillCliffCBD.com. Sit back, relax, and grab a fucking drink. Go to DrinkingBrosTickets.com for all your ticketing needs. Want to sit with Dan and I at your favorite events? Go to DrinkingBrosTickets.com today. Yes, welcome to Drinking Bros Podcast, D'Anthony. Are you welcoming me? Yeah, I'm welcoming you. I'm welcoming Sean. Uh, we, it's it's rare that we have like one of my faves on the show. Yeah, we, you're a, you're a big fan. So some of your favorite athletes of all time are people like Deion Sanders, Ricky Henderson. Yes, people who play at a high level but also have fun talking shit. Showman. I and, like showmen. But, but they're also. I mean, one of the things I love about our guest today, Sean Avery, is that he. I feel like he could be on his deathbed, mm-hmm. and if he had uh, and vendetta with you, he would crawl with you and just try to like, just yes. like try to stab you with his fingernail or something to death. I don't know. He, he's, he's fucking relentless. There's actually a rule in the NHL, colloquially called the the Sean Avery rule or yes. the Avery rule, where you can't fuck with the goalie in certain ways, yes. which is hilarious. That's really funny. Uh, it's it's you look you're the best in the biz and uh, I'm gonna fan out for a second if you'll allow me it's rare that I do I mean we have a ton of famous people on the show I'm gonna fan out for you though because again like he was saying Ricky Henderson Deion Sanders I like guys like that Uh, I also like guys who you believe that when they walk off the ice somebody like you that you they live that life right that they'll either uh, kick your ass in the streets uh, and then just be an absolute dominant force in the sheets. And I believe both of those things about you, my man. And I think you would dominate dudes as well. I don't yeah. know which way you go. Uh, I don't know if you have a, a special lady in this life or a dude, but either way, I know you're on top. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, fortunately, um, my wife is in the picture, not from a sexual preference standpoint. Um, <laughs> But I think that she's definitely tamed the uh, the tiger a, a little bit because there's many times during the day where I think uh, if I didn't have a wife, if I didn't have a new son, I would possibly think about going on a rampage, like mm. you know, fulfilling on a couple of those vendettas mm, that are yeah. that are burning inside of me. Um, <laughs> but you know, if I ever get terminal cancer and I know that the end is is coming and there's no way that I'm going to beat it. I could fill out a few of those uh, of those dream sequences. That's oh, for man. sure. We That'd talk. Be great. We talk about that all the time on the show. Like How Jay much- and Shia Bob strike back the we- the closing scene where they're just flying to different places of people and talk shit and beating the fuck out <laughs> of them. They're from yeah, front dude. Porch. I, I just want to murder. Like, there's people that I want to murder in this <clears> life, and it's like I'm almost hoping for that terminal illness so that I can walk the streets and do exactly what you just described. Like. It would be my dream. And the weird thing about it is, because I, I follow you on social media and everything, it's things that you do, um, like when you yell at people in the bike lane on Instagram and shit like that, like it's, it's things like that. I don't want to kill anybody famous. I want to kill like random people who fuck up my day where it's just like, man, there was somebody ahead of me at the DMV today where I was just like, the guy had a broken license plate in half and he's trying to tape it together and everything. And I was like, I need you out of this life, man. If somebody gave me a gun and they were like, hey, you're able to kill this stranger, I would have just iced this guy right at the DMV mm. and been fine with it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to go back to, I think there was a time in America, where, uh, in America where, you know, men could just, if we had a difference, difference with each other, we could just actually fight and you wouldn't have to worry about, you know, there being 10 people with a cell phone camera yeah, or no shit. lawsuits or whatever, <laughs> all the shit that comes with it. But, 
yeah we're in a new world now um it's funny you talk about the the street the uh, bike bike lanes now my new thing is street cleaners so because once the pandemic hit de blasio the mayor of new york city who you know i am asshole i, I widely yeah. He's yeah, a clown. I, I'm Come very uh, free with my criticism of, of this guy, who, by the way, ran for uh, Democratic nominee, which is like just fucking mind boggling that somebody actually in his inner, inner circle said, yeah, I think that's a good idea. Like his kids and his wife, actually, which I, I guess your family supports supposed to be supportive. But they're also the ones that are supposed to look you in the eye and go. This isn't a good idea. What you're doing right now is not a fucking good idea. It's a waste of time. Don't even bother. But um, anyways, so de Blasio, he changes the the parking rules in New York City. So alternate side parking. Normally, if you park on the street with your car, you have to move it twice a week for street cleaning. So now you only have to move it once a week, which means... You can park your car in a spot on Monday and you don't have to move your car until the following Monday. Right. So that's fine. Okay. He, he changes the rules. I, I'm fine with that. The problem is when Monday comes around, these fucking people, they sit in their cars and they don't move when the, when the street sweeper comes. And then when the person, the ticket people, who, by the way, imagine being that fucking having that job where you just walk around giving people tickets all day and you feel the hate. Yeah. Like no one likes getting a ticket. No one likes people that give tickets. That is the worst fucking job you could ever have. In the hit. And I respect the fact that they're on their feet working yeah. all day. But like. You're just laced with terrible karma. Your whole mm. circle of life is with bad vibes and juju. It's like yeah. being Anyways, a, it's like the, being a process server. Like yeah, no, you nobody yeah, nobody right. likes you or Michael Moore. Nobody likes him either. Yeah, one yeah. of those two. So so these people sit in their cars and they don't move for the street sweeper. Now, if they're neighborhood people or if they aren't neighbor, neighborhood people, it doesn't fucking matter because the streets need to get clean. Right. So. Because they, they're so fucking lazy and selfish, they don't give a shit about anyone else's neighborhood. They don't care about the street that they live on because they just walk back into their hole and they fucking hibernate in their apartment and they're just assholes and they don't care about kids having clean streets in New York City or anyone for that matter. So now I've, I've moved my transgressions or my aggressions to these people that don't move for the street sweeper. I've... I've I haven't figured out how to sort of formulate it into visual like uh, enjoyment for people like ourselves on Instagram. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm about to kind of figure out how to how to get to that point. But, you know, the bike lanes are New York City is a shit show right now because they've allowed outdoor dining. So yeah, yeah. there's 10,000 restaurants in New York City that now have their restaurants on the fucking streets of New York or the sidewalks of New York. And People actually go and sit on the side. They sit. I see people that are having like an expensive dinner. A bus will pull up beside them and then bus will get stopped at the light and bus fucking fumes are blowing on these people while they eat dinner. And I look at them and I go, like, how bad did you need a night out? How bad <laughs> did you really need to go out that you just had a bus blow its shit exhaust all over your face and your food so that you could fucking catch up with a friend it just blows my mind 
it well, blows my mind. Well, I mean, look, I just read the new CDC guidelines, and now they're asking everybody to have Thanksgiving outside in New York. And look, being a former New York resident, I lived there a couple different times in my life. I can tell you that eating out on the, the streets and sidewalks, like, dude, there's bugs, rats, all kinds mm. of shit that these restaurants were unprepared for. Especially this time of year when it starts raining a little bit. Oh. Like they come out, everything smells like piss yes. and there's rats everywhere. Yes, like why yes, the fuck yes, would you want to yes, eat yes. outside on the street in New York City? Well, I got some bad news for you, Sean. Heading out to, uh, to California is not going to be any better, my man, because there's an added element to it out there. Now, exactly what you're describing, yep. except for it's fucking RVs, that basically homeless folks that just pull from one right. side of the street to the other and they have like whole shanty towns all over the in places you would not expect like on vine and shit that they have right. so that's right. where that's where new york got it by the way is yeah. it, that's it started in los angeles um i lived there for about 18 years in, in, in la and and what people would do is yeah the, the second that it switched from the monday to monday for the street sweeping they would move their car to the other side of the street and you could see them in there, but they were getting old school um, Winnebago's. Mm -hmm. So that way you could literally live out of your Winnebago in Los Angeles, uh, it, like all the way up to the Hollywood Hills. Um, if you wanted right. to, I mean, all it's you had not to do the was worst, move It's not the worst side idea. Of the street. Look, it's but not, if you're why, homeless, it's why great. Not, why not go to like a park and ride or some shit like that? Like that would make a lot more yeah, sense. Yeah, where you could, yeah, where you could hook up to yeah. uh, like some fucking water or electricity. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, why not? Yeah, that would make a lot more sense than just being out on the street. And it's even worse there. Like they move for the street sweepers, but uh, it's it's fucking filthy there now. It is. Uh, yes. Yeah. And I listened to your no. podcast. I heard you were moving there mm -hmm. uh, to Los Angeles. Yeah. Yeah. So I I lived out there for when I played for the Kings. Mm -hmm. I was there for five or six years. So, um, you know, everybody lives, the, the players, the guys, the hockey players that play for the Kings, they moved to Manhattan Beach because we practice in El Segundo. That's where the practice yeah, rink yeah. is. So when I got there, I was a big, uh, I had grown up on um, Neil Young and Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young and like uh, a lot of, the, and when I played in Detroit, I played with Brett Hall, who was mm -hmm. a big 70s music guy. So when I got to LA, I was like, fuck, I'm moving to Laurel Canyon. So I actually... I lived in Laurel Canyon the whole time that I played there. That's where we're moving back to, which I can say, at least when you get in a canyon, specifically Laurel Canyon, because I've lived there, mm -hmm. you definitely can protect yourself and you don't really have to leave that bubble that much. Like, And that's the whole idea of moving to California, one, for work, but also two, you know, we can have space in a backyard and a little compound. And we have a, like a guest house. And I like to see as little people as possible when i first got to new york i was all i was a i was a people person over the last 10 years i try and fucking see as little people and mm -hmm. have interact with as few people as possible which i think is kind of why i i started a podcast and i do it by myself basically which is you know interesting i i, I hope that at some point we could become i could become friendly with people but i just feel like people are are taking steps backwards and like even some of my friends that i've been friends with for a long time and i see the shit that they post on social media people are losing their minds mm. i don't know what's going on so hopefully we're just going to hunker down and you know um listen anything is better than new york city right now right austin could have been a smart choice um at least you have but lands. again I, I feel like I, yeah, yeah 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 i mean that's going to be the good thing 
Yeah, that was, sure. that was my wife's thing of like, hey, man, if we're, if we're going to Austin, we're moving. Because we, you know, obviously we own a huge media company and a ton of podcasts and all that stuff. She's like, if we're going to Austin, we're all in. I want at least an acre and a half uh, so I don't have to see people. Same what you were talking about where you're like, I don't want to live on top of people and everything else. Uh, interestingly enough, she worked at a great Italian place up in uh, Laurel Canyon, Pache, for a little bit. Uh, back in the day. Yeah, it's my favorite restaurant. Same, dude. Yeah. I, we used to go there all the time. Uh, I'm a gigantic fan of, of Pache. Um, it, it, was, it was the reason why, one of the reasons why I loved Laurel Canyon so much is because they deliver and it's like, a yeah, it's my favorite place. So that's funny. Yeah, wow. we would go and is sit at a- the bar all the time because it was always packed. But you, you could at least get in at the bar and uh, have some wine and some food. And uh, yep. big fan of them. Not a sponsor of the show, no. uh, but I'm also a big fan of yours. And again, talk, talking about the media company and what you yeah. do in particular, the craziest thing about you and your podcast is, like you were saying, you do it by yourself. It is so <laughs> hard to find someone who is that interesting to listen to for 60 <laughs> to 90 minutes that does it by themselves. I only know I, literally a handful of people. I would mm. say you, Tim Dillon, I really enjoy, who does it by himself, essentially. Uh, you know, I guess Rush Limbaugh back in the day was was one of those. Mm. But uh, I, I'm not that big of a political guy where I would sit and li- listen to Rush Limbaugh right, all, all, no. the, all day. But uh, listening to your show on a uh, on a regular basis, man, it is impressive uh, to do it because, man, try to talk to yourself in the mirror for an hour. Mm. Good fucking luck. By and the then way, try to make it interesting on top of that. The show's called No Gruffs Given. Mm-hmm. With Sean Avery, if you're looking for it out there, we didn't mention the name of it yet. Well, you got a lot of shit going on right now, though. You're going to be in uh, Tenet. Yeah, it, Tenet's uh, out. Oh, man. is it out? I yeah. haven't seen it yet. Is it good? You're, you're, you're a movie star now. Yeah, I mean, it's fuck, it's out. It's not out. Depends where you live. If you mm. can go to a movie theater, I just saw Regal now close mm. uh, all their U.S. theaters, which is permanently know, crazy. But uh, I think for the time being, yeah, yeah, yeah they had. They had a few open in California and they had a few open in New York. Like, that's the other thing, you know, our fucking governor, Governor Cuomo, who, you know, he's got his brother who's a hero on CNN every night and, uh, you know, talks (laughs) about how much of a hero he is. And now he walks around New York City. He doesn't wear a mask. It's like, uh, but Cuomo... You, you can do all these things in New York City right now, right? You can play basketball. You can play one-on-one basketball. You can have a fucking sweaty basketball game with 20 unknown strangers, but you can't walk into a movie theater at 25% occupancy with, like, proper airflow and fucking cleaning supplies, and there's no one in the theater because there's only one movie in the, in the theater now, which is Tenant. Um yeah, this place is crazy. But no, I, I to your point, I do have a lot going on. The podcast, I think what I'm trying to start doing is trying to start interviewing more people. When I originally started it, I tried to open up the phone lines, um, which is kind of interesting. There's this thing called Call-In Studio, which is like a basically, you, you guys remember the um, Oliver Stone movie? Um, um, uh, JFK? Fuck, Eric. Eric Bogosian, um, uh, talk radio, talk. Oh radio. Yeah, yeah. Talk radio. That's not one of his yeah. most famous ones. Yeah. No, 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 it's not. That so, one was uh, actually, I think self-produced, it was wasn't it? set in Austin. Mm. Yeah, it, it, it is. And I, I look, think it was Texas. It, uh, Alex Jones is here. He's another one that's fascinating by his, by himself on his own. So part of me thinks it was based after Alex, but I don't know, you know, uh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, 
I use this thing, call in studio, because I glamorized about, I was like, I want to have, I'd love to do a late night vibe where I could have people call in. The problem is people call in and they don't understand the tempo of like, ask a fucking question, I'll answer it and we'll move on and we'll get a bit of a flow going. People call in and they want to tell me their whole life story and like, you know, it becomes a conversation like they're a guest on the show and I try to explain to everybody, guys or girls and a lot of lot of girls call in too, ladies, girls, just ask the question. Let's get to the point and let's fucking move on. I always say the same thing. I'm like, look, get enough with the preamble. I want yeah. I want the meat and potatoes right now. Yeah, right now. I don't I don't need to know this 45 seconds of introductory information. I'll figure that part out myself. I can clearly see who you are as a person. Yeah. I don't need you to explain right. it to me. Just ask the question. And if I have any questions about your question, then we'll deal with it then. Yeah. Same if, simple, if, right? if I come to an Italian restaurant, don't give me the, the seared bass. Like, I don't want to hear that special. I, I already know what yeah, I, I want. Yeah, I want the pasta. In. Yes. Yeah. I want the toggly. I'm not coming there for the bass, bro. You know. By the way, uh, yeah. speaking of you being aggressive, I'm looking at your. There's a there's a website called HockeyFights.com. Yes. And it tracks all yeah. the fights and has the video clips of each fight from somebody's entire career, basically. Yeah. It's fucking great. You're one of the top ten fighters of all time in the NHL. Do you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, I you know that's sort of a subjective like. Well, you you're like in the of the most fights had you're in the top 10 of that i don't know how many of them you won but there's presumably a, a lot right there's a better well i always fought so here's one of my rules is like if you were fighting for a reason you can't really lose a fight so mm. if you were fighting for a teammate or you were fighting because you wanted to win the game right you can't lose that type of fight like you know because you're fighting for a purpose and in mm. sports if you have a purpose then and it's for the team to win, then you're doing a good job. But um, yeah, it, it, it was, you know, there's actually a better video of me fighting three guys on the street in New York City oh, yeah, if you go to that. YouTube. Huge fan that of that, by the way. Because I, I, look, that's yeah. everybody's dream and what they wondered, right? And uh, we had this discussion with, with somebody else a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we were talking about how Van Damme got beat up by his own bodyguard yeah. or some shit. Um, and what happens if you're able to walk the streets and just, oh, Tim Kennedy was on the show last week. Mm. Uh, we were talking to Tim about it. And I said, Tim, did anybody ever come up and fucks with you in a bar and you just rip their face clean off their body? And he goes, no. I'm pretty aware of who I am and what I can do to somebody. Um, and I hear that answer a lot. With you, you actually did it and lived out the dream where it was just like, I wonder if Sean Avery just walked in the streets, what would happen? Uh, and you kicked the shit out of those guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to fight. Like, mm -hmm. it's not, uh, uh, like, I enjoy it, you know? That's why I said earlier, like, I wish you could just squash beefs that way more often. Um, and trust me, there's times during the day that I think, like, maybe I should just fucking try and give it a run at UFC. Um, but that's a that's a young man's game, and mm -hmm. it's a dangerous game. But, you know, I, I enjoy combat. Like, I like to fight. That's what I did for a living. Um, I like the friction. I like looking at another man and seeing his eyes, and you can see the break. Like, you can see where a guy is broken. Yeah. Um, or, or you can just, it's like a tell when, you, when, you, when you're playing poker. And sometimes that's what everybody would say about the bike lane stuff. Like, aren't you afraid of getting killed or somebody hurting you? And I said, you know, there's always a moment where every man, a regular man, he, he, he's boisterous, right? And he's like, fuck you, bro. 
especially in New York, you hear it all the time. Fuck yeah. you, man. I'll fuck you up. That's a pu- that's puffer, and when you that's stop, puffer fish. That's all that is. Yeah. He's right. making himself and big. And you say, okay, like, well, let's do it. And I'm going to let you hit me first. You always see a moment in their eye where they're just like, they can tell that they're looking at me and that I'm dead serious. And then they reconsider and think like, this is probably not a good idea. And then I always tell them, you better fucking hit me with a good one. Because <laughs> if I don't go down, you're dead. And then, you know, we move on. But I'm, I fantasize a lot about the way it could be. Like, not even the Old West where you, you had your six slinger. And, like, I don't even know. When did they skip? They, they went right to guns. They didn't mm. go to, I guess, gladiators. I guess you take it back to, you know, the Coliseum. Yeah, when that was the and, way and so that, you went to swords after that. So it started off with fists, and then it went to swords, and then it went to guns, and now mm. we have rockets, and now we have all the other shit. Yeah, but dudes, when they try to duel each other, they don't just like stand on opposite sides of a field and shoot rockets. Although that would be really fucking funny. Be great. Like put two dudes with RPGs. Yeah, at fucking uh, at the new Raiders Stadium. Yeah. <laughs> in either end zone, and you just have RPGs, and good luck, brother. Yes. We'll see what happens. I mean, the chances of you actually hitting a guy are pretty slim because you could see that thing coming and move out of the way. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, you can see the fins pop out, but it would be really funny. You could see different strategies. Maybe he tries to bounce it off the ground and blow the guy up. Yeah, right? Dan was in the military, by the yeah. way. So he, yeah, I could, I, could, I could get that. Like, and I always <laughs> thought that. Like, you, you see here in the movies, like, RPG. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, you've got some time, right? Yeah, a, l- a little bit. I mean, it's not f- much, but your adrenaline spikes so hard that the time seems like it's more time than it really is. Um, right. But I remember one time... We were uh, we had just chased down some shitheads at our buddy shot, and we were interrogating them. And uh, hard air quotes there on interrogating. <laughs> my uh, well, I saw that. Yeah, my, my <laughs> me and my first sergeant were standing on opposite sides of the street, just pulling security. And all of a sudden, you hear the hiss sound like like it's you hear a rocket get fired, and you could see the fence pop out. And he, we both looked down the alley at the same time, and just looked back at each other and said RPG, and then looked back and it just whizzed right through us and hit the truck. And we were like, I was like, wow, that was really surreal. I didn't realize that I would be able to watch yeah. that thing go past me like that. I, I figured it would be a lot faster. faster. Maybe it was the adrenaline. I don't know what it was, but it was pretty dope. <laughs> yeah, that, that's uh, what's funny about when speaking to Tenet, we shot Tenet, uh, Christopher Nolan, who is obviously Christopher Nolan. <laughs> he doesn't like to do a lot of um, uh, CG, like mm-hmm. after effects. Yeah, he likes so practical they do effects, yeah in camera and it was the first time i had seen when he shoots an rpg in the movie anytime you see an rpg like shot in a movie it's shot on a piano wire so the piano wire would go from the the rocket to Mm -hmm. whatever target it was hitting so sometimes that piano wire would like if it was a close call it would run over our shoulder but the thing would just it would it would just run across this piano wire and i'd never seen that before so you could really see it and you could and you weren't worried that like fuck i'm about to get shot with a rocket you're like it's this is part of the the gig yeah. so you could see it and it would just hiss over your shoulder and kind of like it was like a snap you could feel it coming and hear it coming and then it would just blow by you but i, I had never seen anything like that before um and yeah, it's piano wire. They use piano wire. Well, they that's just what, run the rocket. Yeah, that's what a tow missile uses, by the way. It's not piano wire per se, but it's a cable fires out, and then it runs along a guided cable. 
Oh. Like in a in a real environment, so that's where they got that from. It's a really good. They that use makes it for, sense. They use it for practical effects in movies all the time because it's the only so, re- real way to do it. Unless you actually fire a rocket at something, but then you have to do three cut scenes, right? You have to do the rocket being fired because you have to fire it in a safe direction. Right. Then you have to do the foreground shot, and then you have to do the fucking side shot. It's too much. Surprisingly, I've never started a movie with a rocket being shot. That is uh, actually surprising. Well, yeah, I think there was some. Well, no, those I've done mostly a bunch, explosions. Sean. I've done a ton. It was mostly explosions. Yeah. yeah, zombies getting fucked. Yeah, as well. yeah, but they're all CGI bullshit. Like nothing on your on that level. I mean, Tenant, you're looking at what a two hundred million dollar movie. Uh, do you even know the ending of it? Be honest. No, I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I'm. It's coming out on uh, you know iTunes and everything. On I heard December fifteenth, which, like I know, I go on Reddit and see the people have seen the movie fifteen times mm. and they still are like. What's the end? Dissecting yeah. what's going on. Um, I saw it once. I had to drive 90 miles to go see it. When we shot it, we had no idea what was going on. I mean, we we had no clue what the fuck was going on. Was it intentional, <laughs> though? Or, like, do you get bits and yeah. pieces of the script? Okay. I, I we, we got bits and pieces of... You only got the script if you had dialogue. So, like, on the days that I had dialogue, um, I would see my sides but i never saw a full script um yeah and i i know that people that had you know there was a couple guys that had fairly large parts that also didn't read the whole script but i think he did that on purpose because when i'm asking questions about inverted ordinances and like why don't they want us to see them which if you see the movie you'll understand i was asking that i had no i didn't know the answer I didn't know the story. I didn't know what it so it was as authentic as you could ever say that line because I didn't know what the fuck I was what was going on. <laughs> um, so I think I think he does that on purpose. I really do. I mean it's if you think about it it's kind of like a a masterful trick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I I let's see. I've looking back on it. I, the, the biggest budget movie I started was 35 million. We never had anything like that, but there was an audition for Spider-Man one time where uh, you go down, you know, it's all green screen and all that stuff, and uh, uh, they handed you the sides, and then as soon as you were done with a screen test, they put them right in a paper shredder in front of you, so you couldn't go take them right. anywhere or whatever. And, then, and I was like, well, what happens if you end up getting it? And they were like, well, they'll send you the scenes of whatever that is, but you won't get the script. And I was like, no shit. Um, so yeah, right. how many pages do you think you got of that script then? Uh... I probably saw four pages, which no was one scene. Fucking way. You know, and I I shot for six weeks. We shot that whole battle scene. It took six weeks to shoot that battle scene, which is the final piece of the movie. So when you say two hundred million, I'm. I, it's like that movie cost six hundred million easily before they even spent any money on marketing. I mean, I I don't know. There was twelve hundred people on set the last day that I think we filmed. Like. It was, they had a whole city. There were so many people and so many helicopters. There was 12 Blackhawks that were all in the air at once. I mean, it was the most wild thing I have ever seen that they flew in from Montana or something. I think there's a, that's where they rent a lot of them. Like it was for for my first real big budget movie. Yeah. I don't think now covid like i don't know if there'll ever be anything as as big for a long time i mean mm. there were 
thousand extras. Yeah. Real, yeah. real well, fucking extras. Unless, unless the movie is about celebrating Joe Biden winning the election, then you can have as many people and as whatever yeah, in then the streets you, yeah. as right. you want. Yeah, right. yeah, because the studio's got that listed at 205, um, at that budget at 205. Probably not real. Let's face it. Uh, they usually knock about 50, 60 off of that. At that least. probably came I mean, in around then. And then they probably spent the marketing. Well, he was, doesn't do as much CGI, CGI as a lot of people do, but just to clean up a movie with that much action, you're talking about millions of dollars. Oh, God. I mean, like 30, 40 million dollars. The sound right edit there. on that movie yeah. had to have been the worst goddamn thing of all time. I don't know why anybody would want that job. I mean, you're rich as shit, but to do sound editing on a movie like Tenet, my God, man, I would, I would hang myself. Yeah, Epstein that's a rough style. one. That's a rough uh, or one. just have Hillary push me. Either way, okay, that'd be brutal. Yeah, the, uh, the that's funny about the the uh, protest or the yeah celebrating Biden. Like I, I, man, I had a tough day on Saturday in New York because I can't vote. I don't even. I, I'm a fucking green card holder. I, I married an American. I'm becoming a citizen. What I what makes my blood boil is like irony and stupidity mm. and when you go on instagram and you talk about masks and you're gonna save the world we're gonna save the world we got a social distance and in new york city i see these fucking people you walk by them on the sidewalk they got their mask on they got two masks on you walk by them they point their head in the opposite direction i'll turn around and i'll watch them take another 20 steps yeah they're walking into a restaurant yeah. to go have fucking dinner yeah so they'll take their so, mask off once they're inside right you're allowed to take it off once you're inside yeah they gotta eat yeah and then they have they're getting served by strangers that god knows where they came from i mean it's like that's the irony and that's how you boil this down in a nutshell oh, these people are fucking nuts they're nuts, nuts. they're and, out of their fucking minds and then today they were like look there's a an unexpected spike in in new york city um and i was like right what was unexpected about that? There was, a, there was an event that happened on Saturday where millions of people were in the streets of New York. Why do you think there's a spike today? Um, Chuck Schumer. Chuck fucking Schumer sharing a <laughs> champagne bottle I know. with fucking people in the streets. So like, stupid, man. I mean, I don't, think, I, I don't really care. If, if I was Chuck Schumer, I certainly wouldn't be doing that because he's old as fuck and will probably die if he gets COVID, right? Yeah. Not probably, actually. Right. He's still got a fucking 95% chance of survival. Right. But anyways. Right. Uh, uh, that's a stretch, but yeah. Well, it's 94.6 well, for people 70 or over. Yeah, just oh, don't okay. be a hypocrite well, about go. it. But yeah, just, yeah the, just that's, don't be a hypocrite I, I agree with you. The hypocrisy part, it's not even, it's not hypocrisy so much. It's that you know they don't believe it. Yeah. Right. So why are you yeah. trying to get me to do, I know in a, in a, in a sense that is hypocrisy, but why it's, it's not about the hypocrisy. It's about these people are just flexing on us. That's it. Yeah. It's like, Almost, yeah, we can make you do whatever we want you to do. That's it. Governor Cuomo gets on TV every day and he ha and first of all, if you're in the middle of a pandemic and you have time to do a three hour press conference, mm. that in itself, I question what the fuck you're doing. What are you really doing that you have time to do a three-hour press conference? He'll do three hours. He'll talk about masks. He'll get uh, he'll get Mary J. Blige and uh, 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 fuck, what's his name? Uh, John Legend. Oh, Christ. Yeah, John Legend. John Legend yeah. or John Leguizamo. No, he'll get Mary J. Blige and John Leguizamo. They'll, he'll bring them up on stage. He'll, he'll get them all geared up on masks. Then his brother will go on TV. He'll talk about masks. Mm. Then you'll wake up in the morning and you'll see the New York Post write an article that Cuomo's brother, the building that he lives in, 
they're trying to get him under control because he doesn't wear a mask. He walks in and out of the building with no mask on. There's older people. He's had fucking COVID. Yeah. He, he just, he got over it, I guess. His whole family got it. So that is the moment where I go, what do you think that, it, you're insulting me. Do you think I'm a fucking idiot? Do you think, <laughs> is, is that what this is? Like, I take that personally. That I do you too, think yeah. you can lie to me? And I just go, yeah, that's the way it is. And when I see these people that take that position, that's when I write them off. I'm just like, you know what? You're good. I'm good with you. You're good with you. Let's just be good with each other, and I'll go my way. Right. Yeah. Now, now you're moving back to Los Angeles. Um, was the I look? Dan said at the top that you know you're doing so many things. You're a podcast. You're an actor now, and all that other stuff. Is that the end dream? Uh, is is to be an actor? Maybe get a sweet HBO series. I don't know. Like you were saying, I don't know how many more movies are going to make with the theater shutting down. If so, they'll go straight to streaming, obviously. I mean, which isn't seen, necessarily a bad thing. No, our buddies at uh, SEAL Team are back to shooting. Correct. But the sets look totally different. Oh, yeah, and you've like got to sit in these glass cubes of emotion yeah. now yeah. separately. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen it, but uh, yeah. awful. Yeah, I, I know a couple of people that are back and like... No, I got to tell you, I, I think this, this... First of all, the pandemic for me was the best thing that ever happened because creatively, it got... It just got me moving like shit happened i don't know i guess i realized that you can do things on your own and mm. you can if as long as you have a phone as long as i don't get kicked off instagram um you have this platform that you can get people engaged with you and i think every week with the podcast i get more and more interested in it because when i started it i started it as a as a defense mechanism, I was like, the cancel culture is going to come for me at some point. And I need a long format platform to be able to defend myself so I can put fucking food on my table and protect my family. Then it morphed into, wow, this is actually working. And there's a lot of people that think like I do out there and let's create stuff that they really enjoy. And I think, so when we talk about going to California and like, you know, the end goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I think the, the new challenge of like telling a story through a character is something that's interesting to me. I feel like I did it as an athlete, uh, for a long time. This is a new medium. Do I think it's the end all and, and, and the final answer? I don't know. I, I know that one thing I can do control is every week I can press record and I can tape an hour or two hours, totally control the content the messaging, who I ha ha have on, the world that I'm living in. And that makes me happy. And I like that control and I like, and it's almost therapeutic for me. But what I also know is there's a lot of people that think the way that we do and that are sick of the bullshit and want to read between the lines and just want to vent. And that was, when I take it all back, it's like this really whole thing started with the bike lanes. People love to live vicariously through people seeing somebody do something that every single universal pe person wants to do. When somebody gets in their way or you ride a fucking bicycle on the sidewalk or you ride down the wrong way of the street, everyone thinks that person is an asshole. Even if they do it themselves, they yeah. know they're in the wrong at that point. So that was the original kind of creation of like where I said, fuck it. I'm just going to take everything into my own hands and start this, you know, it's not a movement. It's like 
it's me and my therapy really mm. when it comes down to it yeah and i look the, the one heads up i'll give you just being in hollywood all those years and doing movies and all that shit is they hate people on the right so yeah you know if you I ever know. if you ever get any <laughs> blowback from that like dude i i the last conversations i had before i fired like all my agents and managers and shit was hey man you're hanging out with those fucking military guys too much uh, I, and, and literally, it was at the time, like, the black rifle guy, hanging out with the black rifle guys too much, man, guns and fucking Republicans and shit, and they were like, people aren't going to like that, casting directors and everything else, and I was like, yeah, yeah but they're my friends, and I'm a Republican, so I don't, I don't give a fuck. We also have, uh, by the way, in America, we, we have the only national anthem that has, that mentions rockets and goddamn bombs and the thing, so... Maybe get comfortable right. with a little bit of violence. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we've been talking about it for a while now. Yeah. So. Yeah, but I, I will no. say this. So when you start to run in those circles, like, you know, even more and more, because, look, Tenet was a, is, was a huge movie, uh, and it will be on streaming, obviously. Like, you're going to get more and more opportunities. And if somebody listens to your podcast and you start getting weird looks on set or from casting yeah. directors, like, you'll know why. I, I, I mean, I can tell you, you know? No, I, I think that's what's interesting, and that's part of the reason why it's time for us to go out there because that business and this business is all relationship driven. And like you walking into a casting room with some fucking casting agent who, uh, you know, that process, by the way, it was an amazing process to go through to learn how to audition. And I love doing it, but I don't put any fucking, it's not real. Like, no. If you want to break into the business, you do it through relationships. Right. You do it through the guys making the movies, the guys paying for the movies, or the guys making the movies. That's <laughs> yeah. really it. Yeah. All the other fucking stuff, it's like playing the lottery. If you want to just maybe hope that your ticket gets pulled, go ahead. That's why I'm going out there to hit the ground so that when there's a director or a producer who's making stuff that I like, I'm going to find him. I'm going to get in front of him. I'm going to sit across from him. He's going to learn who Sean is. He's going to understand that, yeah, maybe some people 60,000 feet go, that fucking Avery's nuts. He's out of his mind. He says weird things. He loves Trump, whatever it is. All that stuff doesn't matter because now I'm across from you and I say to you, you know what? You're making stuff that is very, very good. You're fucking talented. You need to put me in, my, in your movie because... I'm going to give you something believable. You're going to enjoy working with me and we're probably going to end up being friends. So that's, so to your point, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. And I'm going, I, it's like, I'm going for the fire. I'm going right into the fucking fire and I'm just going to, I'm going to deal with it that way because otherwise you will get screwed. You will get screwed and they will blackball you and they will do whatever they'll, they'll pretend you won't exist or your ticket won't get pulled. Mm. And you live your life going, well, what if? And that's the problem with that business. It's very dangerous, which, by the way, is the exact opposite of sports. In sports, you could be a murderer. You could fucking, man, you could pretty much do a lot of things. As long as you can ball, you're all set. 100%. We get, a, we get a signed O.J. Simpson jersey here on the set. Um, right. And O.J. is still looking for the real <laughs> killers right now. So. I uh, want to clarify right. that. The murders you're talking about are like Aaron Hernandez and like Ray Lewis. OJ, Ray Lewis, obviously, yeah. though, was uh, was not guilty. So, um, yep. Uh, no, well, but I, where Ray Lewis, we don't know. If I Again, did Ray Lewis, <laughs> did he do it? I don't think eh, so. I'm from Atlanta, honestly. Georgia. Um, I'm I, don't, from, I, don't, no. I, don't, I never believed that story. Uh, I never yeah, believed it. Yeah. Ray Carruth, on the other hand, he murdered. 
He did. For he, sure. He murdered. Uh, yeah. Clyde Edwards Hilaire murdered. Um, look, I, I'm jealous. I say it out of jealousy. Well, I think Clyde I, I Edwards care. Hilaire, that one was uh, considered self-defense, right? It was. He, he so he got a free stateside kill, man. That's beautiful murdered stuff. Murdered somebody who stole his Xbox. Very proud of him for, for getting... Well, I mean... Does does Texas have that same uh, law as Florida where you yeah, can stand your shoot somebody to defend yourself? Yeah. You, yeah, you well, can go full Zimmerman on somebody. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know... You, it's very actually pretty complicated. There, there's something called aggressor laws, right? So if, right. if you're standing there and and I just pull a gun out and point at you, I'm the aggressor in that situation, right? But if I put my gun away, then you pull yours out and shoot me, then you're the aggressor and you've just committed murder. It's very bizarre. Like things can change in a split second, which is why, although I am a huge fan of private gun ownership, I think that people should be required to get a lot of training before they can have concealed carry permits. Not because yeah. I think not because I want the government getting, getting involved in that because it is a big responsibility to carry that weapon around. And it's it, a lot of stuff can go wrong if you're not well trained on that, on that platform. So that's a, it's not about limiting who can get it. It's about, right. and I think it should be, uh, if not subsidized by somebody, at least by private industry, right? Like yeah. gun companies should pay for people to get licensed and trained on these on these platforms. I agree. Otherwise, right. you're going to have the Ken and Karen sitch where homegirl yeah. walks out into the yard. She's just and like she's just got finger on the trigger, finger pointing the trigger. at people like, holy shit. Yeah. I was holding my breath the whole time. Like this idiot who thinks she's defending herself is about to literally murder somebody. At least second degree yeah. murder. Yeah. I mean, that's what's, that's what's kind of interesting. And I've been sort of vocal uh with with cops like i don't say defund the police i say we need more police mm. and the police need to be training and and they have to pass physical fucking tests so that they're not big fat blobs so that they can actually arrest people and not have to pull their gun out and shoot them like i, I don't understand why, why would you ever need to pull your gun out and shoot somebody when you outnumber them six to one like yeah. Mm. fucking run them it, down yeah it depends tackle right them. if they've got a weapon then that obviously changes things right i get that yeah, yes yeah. but if, yes. if they're if they're unarmed it, it, it again it gets complicated because police have their their duty belts and there's various objects on there that could be used to either stun or or severely injure somebody including a gun obviously if you're trying to wrestle somebody to the ground and all that stuff exposed and they reach for your weapon and pull it out. I mean, at that point, again, you have no choice. So it's, uh, you're right, though. The, the solution is more, more cops that are patrolling. L.A. got it half right. And more funding. L.A. diverted a lot of their funding over to more patrol officers and less gang stuff, like task force stuff. Mm -hmm. They should have done both, frankly. They should have just expanded patrol and left the other stuff alone. But um, they got that part but, right. But for sure. Let me ask you though, why can't instead of shooting somebody in a kill shot, why don't you put one in their ankle? Well, here's why because like, the average what the fuck? Uh, I'm going to this is just math. I mean and and it's it sounds uh maybe boorish or or coarse to think of it just in a in a mathematical way, but here it is. So the average male torso in the middle is about 19 inches wide, right? And okay. uh, a handgun is a 5 4 to 5 minute of angle weapon, which means for every 100 meters it travels is a four to five inch radius it can land in basically this is reductive but that's basically how it works now you're talking about somebody that's moving around and you're shooting from uh either even if you're shooting from a stable position that's a problem but once you start moving around now you're talking about trigonometry trying to get that fucking shot on target plus a very wide margin of angle for your round can land you have to think about backdrop what's behind there so shooting center mass is what people are taught that's why it's not it's not about but 
trying to take a kill shot. It's about shooting center mass to stop the threat. That's it. So, so the way I look at it, and I guess this is why athletes are paid millions of dollars and cops, you know, make municipal salaries is like, if somebody explained that to you as an athlete, we would say we're taught to pick corners. Mm. Like we want to shoot through tight spots. That's when we can actually see the lane and we start to see the opening. Right. I mean, but there's, a di- there's a difference between a hockey puck at 95 miles per hour and a bullet at 3000 feet per second. Right. Right. I mean, right. I but I, I get what you're yeah, saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, we always come back to the same thing though. It's, uh, people need to be better trained, not only, uh, to, to do what they do, but those specific things as it escalates, you have to be better trained. You have to be able to shoot really well. Right. I mean, the secret service nope. doesn't hire people that can't fucking shoot. Right. No, those, but those that, that de-escalization too is like a huge thing. And if mm-hmm. you're physically fit and your mind is clear and you're confident, you can de-escalate escalate situations much better than right. somebody that's and look, that's overweight. What all, that's what all of our cop friends say. All of our cop friends, particularly the ones that are outspoken in, the, in social media and on podcasts and things like that, say the same thing. Get in shape, fucking train. There's no excuse for this shit, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's one of those things, too, where, you know, the, the tough part about it with, with uh, more training, right, is if these guys, because we, we talked about the salary and how little they make, right? If you paid them a shit ton of money and then the, the, the extra time to go to the, the gun range or go to jujitsu or whatever it is afterwards, but when you're working these brutal shifts, you got two kids at home and a wife that you barely get to see, you know, chances are you're not spending that time, uh, you know, working a job after that much money, going to the gym and, or going to the gun range where it's, you want to spend some time with your family as well. Uh, if you up the salaries and then made, you know, part of your day training at the job, like I'm sure that would help more too. But right. You know? Well, I mean, I, what you just got to wonder in the same way that we discuss education in this country, how much is it worth to secure the streets and make sure everybody's safe? Like, what's the do- How much are we willing to spend on that? Because mm-hmm. we should be able to spend. We should be willing to spend whatever the fuck it takes. Right. We should be yeah. able. To, we should be able. We should be willing to spend however much it takes to educate our children and prepare them for the future as best as possible. Because when we're all fucking, uh, we we all have cirrhosis from all this booze and pills. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna need those assholes to wheelchair us around. And, and empty yep. our fucking colostomy bags and also not let us get attacked by Russians. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's three yep. things. Yeah. Rule of threes, brother. And, and look, I don't know what you're doing, if it's uh, the esthetician or whatever, but Jesus Christ, I mean, I, in a non-gay way, you, you're a beautiful man. Um, us two pieces of shit. Like, this yeah, is... I look like I just stumbled out of a fucking bar somewhere in Kentucky. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you not party? Like, what do you, what's your secret there? What do you do? Well, I don't drink, okay. Oh, there but it I is. Sm- but I smoke a pack a day, which is disgusting. And my wife's upstairs, and she can hear me. <laughs> I know, I know. As soon as we move and get moved in, I'm gonna, I'm done. I am. I promise. Uh, <laughs> is that her giving I, you a hard time through the wall shit, right yeah. now? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I run uh, five miles every morning, Monday to Friday. Saturday, Sunday, I usually do like a, uh, I do a six mile run. That's like heavy, heavy pace. I'm a runner. Like I run every day. I can't function and my mind doesn't work unless I run. Um, I was like that when I played, I always had to work out in the morning. I, yeah, I just, I fucking clean the system out. Uh, and I, and I lather my face in all kinds of serums and like toxins and all kinds of shit at night before i go to bed and then i wake up in the morning and it's it just it looks better 
I guess that's Uh, the way I can put it. Yeah. Look, you're doing it right. Uh, And I listen to your podcast. Um, There was a story you told about how much you hated to run uh, on the weekends and that it's brutal. And like, I I feel the exact same way, by the way, where every single second when I am running, I sit there and think to myself, my God, man, this is the worst human activity that one could do. And unless I'm being chased, like, why am I doing this (laughs) other than to stay in just some form of shape to be on camera every day where people aren't like, who's that fat piece of shit who's trying to tell me how to live my life? Maybe if you were to state fair and they were getting down to their last couple of fucking bacons on a stick. Boy, I'd run faster. Yeah. Crank that up to an 8.8. That's that's the only reason I'm running. Or if there's a, if there's a gunfight, I'll run towards that. Yeah. And start shooting, but I'm not going to like run for no reason. Come on, man. Not, yeah. that the, not that it's for no reason. Obviously it helps you, but, uh, running is to me like eating vegetables. Pointless. Yeah. yeah no, honestly, I think it's, uh, it's my, um, it's my pressure cooker. It's mm. like, Jesse's like, his wife's like that. My wife can, yeah, she runs. She likes to run like that. Now. Yeah. It, it lets all the steam out of me. Otherwise, uh, yeah, I'm like a hothead, you know? So I, I gotta <laughs> you keep it. You don't fucking, say it, Sean. <laughs> I gotta keep. I gotta keep breaking it news, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, John Avery, hothead. <laughs> yeah, you look like a young sea captain today. You would never know if you were walking the streets in New York. This like guy would just beat you, the the yeah. life out of you, like Steve Zissou at, yeah. at thirty years old. Yeah, 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 yeah young yeah, Zissou. Right. <laughs> that was a great movie, by the way. It was a fantastic yeah. movie. Um, yeah. Sean, we we got some sponsors that we have to do on the show. You do too, as well. Um, uh, if you don't mind humoring us with, with a couple of them with you, it'd be great. One of them we share, I believe. Uh, or you just really fucking love Raycon headphones. Uh, I mean, I, we, we share them definitely. And I, and I do love them because I run every single day. So, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. What, wait, what kind of music do you listen to just out of curiosity? I mean, you said 70 uh, stuff, but what do you listen to now? What do you run to? Uh, I'll either run. I've run to like Tool or... Mm. Um, more heavy shit, like Rage Against the Machine. Mm. I usually, um, whenever I used to run, it was Lamb of God. I don't know why. I mean, they keep a good cadence, I guess. Maybe that's why. Yeah. I'm institutionalized. Yeah. Mine was Michelle yeah. Branch. Yeah, yeah. Big big Branch fan. I love, I went to all of Branch's 2008 tour. Are you going to keep just using her last name? Yeah, but again, if you're a Branch head like myself, dude, you know, you branch off with others. A Branch Davidian? Big, yeah. Us, everybody who's out there who's holding a twig in the air today knows that they're a Branch fan like myself. So, yeah, I listen to them in Raycon headphones from buyraycon.com forward slash drinking bros. Finest in the business, uh, Sean Avery. Look, if, if you're watching him live on YouTube right now, uh, beautiful man. There's a reason why he's in that great of shape is because he doesn't have to pull his <laughs> headphones out every 10 seconds. Uh, he's nope. able to run with those. Those things never fall out. They will live with you. They will die with you. There's a rumor that RBG uh, died with hers in. Mm. Can't confirm it. No. Can't deny it. Was it her dying wish to take him out of her head? No, it wasn't. It was for uh, Trump to wait for a Supreme Court nominee. Well, but he didn't do that. Instead, so. she probably died with those uh, Raycons in. Go to buyraycon.com today. You think she was listening to Rage Against the Machine? Drinking bros, probably, uh, with a pocket full of shells. Yeah. Um, they're, <laughs> they're, uh, <laughs> they're, they're, they're knock it down to about 15% off there. These things come in about 65 bucks, worth every fucking penny. Uh, next up, we got killcliffcbd.com. 25 milligrams of CBD in every single can. You, you, are you a CBD guy? What do you do for the pain? After all those uh, years, 
no, I'm not. I'm not. We I, I go right I go right to the source. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, we smoke weed. Dan smokes he's been smoking all the all show. So. Well, yeah, all yeah. day actually. All day. Yeah. And all day tomorrow <laughs> yeah. and the next day. And- but what I will say is you throw a little C B D in with it too. That really enhances it. No one knows that. Uh twenty five milligrams of C B D in every single can. Obviously, 80% of our audience is military and first responder, but uh, we don't want you guys to piss hot on a drug test. Therefore, swapping on over to CBD. Go to KillCliffCBD.com today. Promo code DRINKINGBROS, 20% off of every case and free shipping. Um, and then uh, I, I know we got another one, Dan, but... I, well, there's a new Manscaped app, uh, actually. Do, we got, uh, do you have Manscaped on your show? Oh, dude. What is it uh, Mary Mary uh, something balls? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, or mirror, 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 mirror on, on the balls. Wall. Yeah. yeah, mirror, mirror on the balls. Uh, uh, best yeah, in the biz, yeah. man. They're, uh, they're they're going with Game of Thrones stuff right now. Are they really? What's their, uh, what's their promo right Because winter's coming. Uh, and let's see. <laughs> Brand was actually in a wheelchair because he didn't trim his balls with Manscaped. Oh, uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Which is probably true. That kid looked like he was rocking a bush. He was. To be honest. Yeah. Like, yeah. who the fuck just sits around in a wheelchair? <laughs> The fuck out imagine of here. Stephen Hawking's bush. Uh, yeah, and, and imagine God, no. if, if Hawking were alive today. R.I.P. By the That's way, That's how Hawking. they actually they moved him from the from the bed to the chair. They would pick him up by the pube pro and then drop him down. <laughs> pubes. Yeah, it was. Uh, the rumor has it he had eighteen inches of pubes. If if yeah. he was around when Manscaped.com was around, uh, he should have used the promo code uh, DB Sports yeah. at, man, uh, at Manscaped.com for twenty percent <laughs> off there. Hawking's Bush, my God, that would be a great movie for uh, Christopher Nolan, um, you know, because <laughs> then at some point you could go through the wormhole and enter into Hawking's mind and then ask him uh, how he, he, he had the nerve to get a divorce in a wheelchair. Um, you know, it's like, well, what are you going to do? You get fucking uh, uh, a turbocharger and some racing stripes down the side of that wheelchair and you go find some pussy, dude. That's what you, you do. You don't think his dick worked in that wheelchair, do you? No, his nothing worked. Nothing works. Uh, I but look, think... I can I can promise you that the products at Manscaped work. Oh yeah, uh, shave up down there. Go to manscaped.com. DB Sports, twenty percent off. Join the movement, Sean. I go. I I don't know about you. I'm, you look about as hairless as I am. Uh, I don't I don't have that much hair in my body. I only have to run a, a Manscaped through it once every three to four months tops down there. I'm a biweekly. Mm. I'm a biweekly. Are you uh, really? cleaner? Yeah, I'm about the yeah. same. Yeah. Yeah. You keep it real high and tight. Yeah. You keep it officer and the gentleman stuff. Well, I like to there. change the pattern too. Yeah, yeah. Like right now I it's, take, right now it's I, a sailboat. I take, My dick I is t- a sail. I take Propecia. I take Propecia. Yeah. I don't know why I still take it because uh, – but when I was playing, I was going bald because of uh, my helmet. Mm-hmm. So I took Propecia. So every once in a while I'll do like a three- or four-month run on Propecia and it makes your hair grow everywhere. Um Ah. So sometimes, so sometimes I gotta, you know, my manscaped use gets gets picked up a little bit, but I really don't need it. I mean, yeah. Now you got a nice, you got a nice mane on you. I got a nice salad as well on me. Um, yeah. I was, I, I still use something though, just in case I'm with you. Mine's keeps dot com forward slash revolution. We're we're just shouting out like all, all ninety shows at this point, mm-hmm. but uh, uh, it's the same thing, man. Where it's like, dude, you're. I think that's every man's biggest fear is going bald in this life. And I always say the same shit to my buddies. I'm like, hey, dude, if you're going bald and you know it, once it's like musical chairs, you might want to grab the one that brought you there and then ride your life out with that one. Or it, the wallet can beat it too. A good fat wallet can beat baldness. Um, yep. Were you in the NHL era with the, with the big paychecks? How did you ride out after that? 
Um, yeah, I mean, I was on like the tail end of it. Um, you know, I think you definitely, you realize how you got to hustle to make money when Mm. you're done. Like professional sports money isn't fucking everyday life money. Right. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Um, I think the NHL is not nearly as suited to some of the other sports, uh, to developing an individual brand. Like you think of the most famous, yeah. like the best players in hockey right now. What exactly? You don't see them on major advertisements and shit all the time, like you do with NBA and NFL players. Yeah, it's weird that you don't, but you don't. No, you don't. I get a I had a weird story for. I don't think I've ever shared this on this show, but you should do this by the way, because you're you're one of those dudes again who's sweet and famous, where it's just like, dude, you rock skulls. So if you called up somebody and said, "Hey, man, it's Sean Avery. I want to come in and shadow you for a day once you get to L.A." Uh, this happened to me in my production company. Uh, Steve Nash came in when he was injured with the Lakers, um, and he wanted to he wanted to be a director, a mm-hmm. film director. So he was like, "Hey man, can I just come in and sit in some edit bays and watch you guys edit um, and things like that?" And I was just like, uh, "Yeah, man." It was Steve Nash, and he had the broken ankle or back or whatever it was. It was the last year of that contract with the Lakers out there in L.A. With him and uh, was it Carl Malone there that year? No, or was that some, the year before? That? Uh, yeah, it was the, Malone and Peyton. Those guys were there yeah. uh, a, a couple years before, mm. but he was going to play with Kobe. Mm. I was going to be a game changer, and he got hurt. But he was just calling up places, cold calling him, saying, hey, can I come in and do it or whatever? And I asked him about it. I said, hey, man, uh, you're taking a lot of shit for that last you know, couple years of that contract that you're taking money up, eating the cap for the Lakers, and they couldn't do anything. And uh, he goes, you know, I'm at the end, dude. I'm taking this fucking money, and I'm going. Because yeah. after it's over, every player it, I, apparently had told him, like, dude, once that, that money ends, like, hold on to that last contract. Did you know that going into I mean, I, I never really thought that because I, I was always sort of looking like the end was an opportunity more than anything. Mm. So I didn't necessarily have that mindset. But, um, yeah, that's a slippery slope, you know. I think that that can be if you if you think like that, it's dangerous. And right. I think that's where a lot of guys get into trouble is they can't make the transition mm. because, you know, they're still living in the past and, like, it's – it's funny it's like Dion right you guys are oh yeah it's funny watch watching Dion now like I don't know it's like you know Dion made this move to Barstool and yep he's having a little tough time with that transition it's kind of falling a little flat right Mm -hmm. now like I you know when you get on your own you don't have the production and the structure right of like this is what you're going to be on for the next 90 seconds. And you got three people beside you. All of a sudden they throw you to the wolves and your, your jokes are falling a little flat and it's not fucking moving. like it used to, it's just, it's interesting. You know, I have a theory but, behind that. Uh, me personally with Dion. Yeah. I look, man, I think it's the talent. I, I don't think they can keep up with Dion. We've had, I mean, look between this and, and, uh, and the other show, I've done about 1500 podcasts at this point. There is people who are great on their own and who can just carry an hour, two hours, and they're fucking phenomenal, right? But the problem is when you're forced in with three other people that can't keep up with you, yeah. all of those jokes don't land anymore, and it's, dude, it is tough. I mean, man. comedy is all about timing. If you, if, you're, if you have one or more people on a show and even one of them can't get with the program timing-wise, they'll yep. throw the whole goddamn thing off, man. It's like, it's like trying to... Uh, uh, trying to balance something with two other people, and one of them has fucking got his fist up his ass. You know what I mean? Like that's not going to work. Yeah, and the, and the, yeah. the interesting thing about about him and Steve Nash is now they're both coaching. Like uh, yeah. Dion's going into coaching now. Yeah, right. Yeah, 
No, I, I yeah, Nash is just I mean, he took the Nets job, which is like, fuck. Well, I mean, what what is it? That, that million was, other that places was, you'd want to coach, not Brooklyn. Yeah, that but. was that was weird. Mm, I, look, you got Durant there. You got Kyrie. I understand the move, right? Because if if Durant comes back at full strength, uh, and and Kyrie does, you can run through the East pretty easily and make it to the the finals. Um, problem is, you know, once you get there, you're gonna you're gonna run into the Warriors again, or, or potentially the Lakers, or both, or whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, Leonard, whatever. The season, whatever yeah. You know Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and those guys are going to do in, in the Clippers, but yeah. uh, I mean we're back to that point, by the way, where the East is pales in comparison talent wise to the West, uh-huh. and now LeBron is in the West too, right? So they're fucked, right? Like the East isn't going to win anything for a while. No, but I, I think that's probably the move from for Nash though. Right now uh, is in the East where you can get your feet wet, and at least you're playing with some championship guys on that team. Um, yeah. Are you talking about living in Brooklyn at, like as a city itself right now? Oh fuck! Yeah, that would. I mean, no thanks. <laughs> right. Yeah. Same. Uh, so, what what is it that you're looking to get into now? Like, you just want to be an actor? Do you want to write and direct? What what is it that you're looking to get into specifically? And what kind of like dramatic roles or action or something else? What what do you got on your mind? Yeah, I mean, I think there's going to be. Uh, I think there's going to be a sweet spot that I kind of, from a film, television standpoint television i you know what would that be there's not a lot of good tv right now um i think you know one i haven't really got a shot yet not in the sense of you know it's coming right that's like first of all i i wouldn't i can't do network television because a network would never put me on a show right there's no way that i could be on a network television show so you scratch that off the board right off the bat film it's much more interesting. That's where the talented people are. Um, so that's the focus, you know. And then I think in the meantime, every single week, I'm kind of building this interesting army of people where, you know, I can go on Instagram and I can sell product and I can kind of control my universe. And I think that it all comes down to creating content. I enjoy my voice. I enjoy, uh, you know, expressing myself now. I found my sweet spot. I'm a dad. I think there's some interesting directions we can go there. I'm developing a, a, a skincare kind of line with a existing brand that we're kind of doing. So there's a lot of interesting stuff going on. Um, but I think the one thing that's consistent is you need to be consistent. You need to create stuff and you need to get people on a message. As long as you have a message, and I feel like my message is consistent every week is like we talk about what we want to talk about we read through all the bullshit and we try and get to the root of the problem we talk to interesting people or i talk to interesting people and we talk about interesting shit and we just don't buy all the bullshit and there's a real audience now even though there's a lot of people buying bullshit nowadays there's a lot of people clearly we we've seen that don't want the bullshit. Mm. They want to just be spoken to in a real manner and like let's let's not be worried about what we have to say. As long as you're coming from a place of realism and you're talking the truth and you know you're skeptical about things or you want to riff and you want to have fun, that's where I think my future is. What medium? I don't know. I don't know where it, where it's going to land. 
Well, dude, your podcast is fucking excellent, man. Yeah. I, I would highly recommend keeping that going too. For sure. Do you do video at all for that? I only listen on audio. Um, you no, know. I need to. I need to. That's part of the reason too. Like, I think once we get to LA, I'm going to set up a studio. I need to start incorporating the next. Like, you guys, look at this. This is beautiful. Mm -hmm. You got a little. You got a thing there. You probably get paid on your YouTube views and the whole fucking kit and caboodle, right? Yeah. And the more important thing, even even from the ancillary revenue you can make from having a video show, is making sure that your uh, all of your topical shit, which you're you're going to do a lot of because you're Sean Avery and you you pay attention, uh, will. If you if you post it on YouTube, that search engine is the same as the Google search engine. Mm -hmm. So it ranks right. it ranks your name with all the associated topics and all this stuff, and it'll ultimately we, we use the phrase audio drives video. Or I'm sorry, video drives audio because yep. it has ah. all these interlaced uh, search features and stuff now. So yeah, it's definitely important to get that going on. Right. Yeah. No. That's uh, I. That's the next step. And definitely. you're a handsome man, so you want people to see your fucking. Fit. You don't want to spend yeah. hundreds of dollars on face creams. And not show people your fucking. And not face. show the goods, yeah. dude. Not show the goods. I, don't even give me that that McConaughey Dallas Buyers look, dude. You son of a dude, bitch. Dude, these are my Joe Biden. Uh, these are my Joe Biden whites. I went into the dentist. I, I got veneers because my teeth were fucked up from playing. Mm -hmm. And he's like, "What do you want?" I said, "This was six months ago, eight months ago." I said, "You know who Joe Biden is?" The dentist was <laughs> like, "Yeah." I said, make my teeth whiter than hips. Mm. So. And, and whatever they're giving him to make him talk the way he talks, give me some of that, too, because it seems like it's really fucking him up. Exactly. Yeah. And then, then you know what your dentist did? He went out and voted 16 times by mail, dude, for Joe Biden. Right. And uh, all of those are being counted as we speak. Um, oh, yep. boy. Yeah. Let's uh, hope so. <laughs> well, no. Uh, let's yeah the opposite not. of that yeah yeah i don't, I don't what's your thoughts on, on a recount I, it's a hard road for us to go down where you're just like god damn it man um you know you're almost getting away from that at that point right uh do you think they'll do it dude i think that i think he's uh i think uh don's not gonna fucking roll over Me i either. think he's gonna yeah. like every moment when you think like okay you know what you can't fight anymore like i think this guy's going to fight and he's going to keep fighting. And it's just an interesting thing. Like I'll tell you a story. I was in, uh, per se, which is a fancy mm. restaurant in New York city. And he used to come to Ranger games and he would come and watch the game. Right. Yeah. President Trump. So, but he would never stay for the end of the game. He would always leave a little early. So one night, uh, we're in a restaurant and I feel a, a hand on my shoulder and I can hear this voice. And he said, uh, you know, those guys, they just don't play the same when you're not there. And I looked up and it was fucking Donald Trump, President Trump. And like the reason I say this and tell this story is there was a thing when I was out of the lineup in New York, the team never played as well. Statistically, that was kind of like a, a thing that we talked about or the the media talked about and he came to games sometimes but he wasn't uh, he wasn't a diehard fan and the fact that that's what he said to me i remember thinking to myself like this guy gets it he gets something like there's something tenacious about this guy that's just very interesting i'll never forget it um i don't think he's done i don't think he's done he, he might be done done, but I don't think he's done fighting, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I agree. What year was that? Do you remember? 
man, 2007. When he put like, you, when he put his hand on your shoulder in 2007 and he said that to you, did you think to yourself, man, I just met the president of the United States? No fucking way. No <laughs> fucking way. No way. Oh, <laughs> uh, Sean, man, you're an interesting guy. Uh, you, one of my favorite guests that we've had on this hey, show, before, actually. Hey, before Son we get out of here, by the way, it's uh, today is the 245th birthday of the United States Marine Corps. Yes. Wow. Uh, they've uh, murdered a lot of people for you, folks. So go say thanks to somebody. Absolutely. And, uh, and this is the point in the show, Sean, where we get to the drinking bro of the week, where it's somebody who has inspired you or helped you to become the person you are today. Who would you like to give the drinking bro of the week to? Oh, man. Um, you know what? I'll give it to Joe Biden because you know what? Every time I smile and I look at myself in the mirror, I say, thanks, Joe. <laughs> That's his one contribution to, to society. His teeth? His teeth, yeah. yeah. Everything else has kind of sucked, to be honest. <laughs> what, a, what, a, what a smile on that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he should have been a used car salesman. That's what he looks like. Yeah, he does. All, I mean, that's what all, all politicians look like that. They're like, hey, check out my teeth. Believe, believe this bullshit I'm saying. Like, now nah, I'm good, man. It's I'm like, dude, I don't need a 94 Mitsubishi, bro. I just, I'm all good. Mm. <laughs> uh, right, Sean. How about his fucking, just, just like, how about his son? I don't know. Did anyone watch him like up on the stage with the girl that he knocked up that he married in 14 days who's not the stripper that he knocked up eight months ago who he had to have a fucking judge have a paternity test because he said he wasn't the dad like Ooh. What, go- whatever about the money i don't care about the money it's like the crack and the banging hook fucking strippers and knocking them up and having paternity tests like if you knock someone up you're the dad yeah admit it be a fucking man mm-hmm. yeah we've all not pulled out and you know it's, it's cost us at one point or another. No. And, uh, you know. I don't pull out, but it's never cost me. Really? No. Yeah. Well, it's cost yeah, me. but if it did, if it did, you'd admit it. Oh, I mean, I would just like use gravity, right? Yeah. yeah. Like <laughs> stairs or whatever. Is it round? I'm not going to beggars can't be choosers, Ross. Obviously. No. And I hear that. And you have to use the, the sign of a good warrior is that they use the, their environment right to their advantage. Correct. So interesting. Yeah. yeah. And I fought a lot of babies. Yes, yeah. Dan has knocked out some babies. Pre and post birth. Yep. Under four, Dan has knocked out maybe 34 babies. Yeah, 34 and two. Yep. Yeah. I, um, the two were like, you know, I was off those days. Yeah, he was off those days. Because right. uh, we often have this like after the show of like, hey, man, how many five year olds, if they were coming at you, like what would be that number where you just couldn't fight them off anymore? And it's probably. Oh. Probably three hundred. No, come on, man. I would, I would destroy five year olds for two or three straight days before I would stop. Dude, I've got a a a son who's a meat truck. Uh, That kid. um, They're all meat trucks until you pull their spine out of the top of their fucking head like goddamn scorpion from fucking Mortal Kombat, bitch. He's two years old and he handed me a full glass of something last night and he goes, "Here, father." And I was like, (laughs) "Oh, Jesus Christ!" Yeah, he does. I got one kid that's gonna be like Gronk, Uh, not very bright. I watched him take his tricycle and just run it. Bash his head into a door three times in a row yesterday. Cry every time and then repeat that <laughs> that that maneuver every single time. But God damn it, if he's not going to play tight end somewhere, I'm yeah. sure. Um, the I, other I'd one, rather play that. I'd rather play that game with uh, Grubhub delivery uh, drivers. <laughs> oh boy! On the bikes, I could I could do that. I could take that. I could go for a day and a half. I could do about 
400 before I get tired. <laughs> just my bare, my bare hands, and they're grown men. That's yeah. grown men. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, sort of. Sort of. Um, yeah. It, kinda, yeah. You're right. It's uh, <laughs> look because you start with the ponytail to get them to the ground, right? Yeah. Um, you want to make sure they feel that, uh, and then afterwards, uh, misgender them first too. You have to. Yeah. You got to call them by the wrong gender. Excuse then, me, ma'am. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, Sean, we appreciate it, man. Um, tell everybody the name of your podcast and where they can find you on social media. Uh, no gruffs given, and uh, it's I'm Sean Avery. I am. This is the most confusing. So you're like, I'm? Yeah. yeah. I'm Sean yeah. Avery. I am. I'm <laughs> Sean Avery. Just keep and, saying it uh, over and over until the audience kills themselves. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. He won't stop saying that shit. <laughs> the podcast is uh, No Gruffs Given, mm. and yeah, wherever you fucking find podcasts, I don't know. <laughs> You guys have uh, you, you have a num- number of shows on that network though. Uh, Ethan Suppley's on there now. He's got this new show. Have you heard this thing? Oh yes, dude. Uh, everybody loves that fucking guy. Yeah. He's the one who lost all that weight from. Yeah. Uh, uh, my name it? is Earl. My name is Earl. Yeah. Blow. I mean, he's been in a ton of fucking. He was like four hundred pounds. He lost like three hundred of it. Now he's got a huge podcast on there. I don't think he's yes. hundred pounds, but he's he lost a lot of weight. He now. he might have been four hundred pounds at one point. I think he, he probably fucking- was. I just don't think he's a hundred pounds now. He's probably a little bit more. Than My that, math right? isn't that great. Oh he yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Pounds. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, but he definitely lost over a hundred pounds. This yeah. uh, show's called American Glutton, mm. so that'll give you give you an idea what it's what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's somebody shouting out Varsity Blues in the uh, the message board here. Wrong movie, my man. Wrong movie. Uh, that kid's yeah. actually dead. Yeah, he he's dead. Yeah. He's he died dead. from obesity. Yeah, he died uh, from he, he diabetes. Yeah. Diabetes, I think. Yeah. Didn't he play like a gay character in some other high school TV show? Uh, you know, that I don't know. Dude? I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't keep track of genders, Dan. Well, uh, gay's like not you. a gender, Ross. So. Well. It could be. I'm, bi- I'm non-binary, Sean. I don't even know what it means, but I think that's what I'm going to go. That's what I identify with today. So I know I don't like numbers. Hell no. At all. At all. We love you. We're proud of you. Uh, go listen to Sean's podcast and uh, check out his new movie, uh, Steve Zissou, The Rise of Zissou. Um, that is available on uh, standard definition, Blu-ray. Um, and, uh, no, man, this was a blast. Thanks, man. Thanks for doing the show. Thanks, guys. I'll see you soon. <laughs> see you, buddy. Right. Take care. Uh, for D'Anthony, D'Anthony Holloway, I am Ross Patterson. That was Sean Avery. Uh, hell of an afternoon. Yep. Uh, enjoy the world, everybody. Uh, be kind to one another and get some Joe Biden tea. We love you. Take care. <laughs>